thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. Today, I have a special guest that I'm going to introduce shortly. But first, I just want to apologize to all my listeners out there. I know I've been inconsistent. I do apologize truly. I've been doing all kinds of things like trying to create a different podcast out there, trying to do some rebranding, a couple other things going on. And uh, what I what I started doing was thinking about uh, really bringing in bringing in people to interview on this podcast because in the past I did a lot of educational things out there, did education on data mining, did educational programming languages, uh, everything dealing with data, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and that was all great, but that didn't really hit the audience that I wanted to hit. And so what I wanted to do was connect to you all a lot better. And I thought the best way to do that was to start bringing on people in their everyday life where they're where they're interacting with data on there all the time and so i think that's a perfect segue in uh introducing someone that's very close to me uh my my brother my blood brother uh marcus roundtree um <laughs> say what's up marcus <laughs> hey how y'all doing today man hi how's everyone good so, to be on here thank you for having me man yeah, yeah, no problem, man. Again, man, this this my blood brother. So same mother, same father. Uh, you know, we we've uh, we're really close. Um, and so he has an interesting story. You know, he'll talk to you about like uh, and how he got to where he is now. And um, yeah, so Marcus, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Tell us what you what you do. You know, a little bit about your life. Um. Well, uh, first of all, um. I work at Dark Cars Lanham Kia in Ford in Lanham, Maryland. Um, I've been in the business since I was 20 years old. I'm 28 now. Uh, it's a very, very long road. And when I first got in the car business, um, I wanted to, um, I reached out to my friend's dad, um, Nathan, you know, Nathan, Nathan Gray. And yeah. um, his father works at a Lincoln dealership. So I went there and, um, I, I tried for an interview and basically um, the guy, he looked at me one time, the manager there, and he said, um, he said, bring him, bring him that hurt. He said, look, man, we don't have any positions for, you know, sales, but um, we have janitor positions open. Um, mm -hmm. You can take, and I said, wow. Nah, I mean, <laughs> I was ready to stop right there. You know, I just had, I just had joy, my daughter and everything. And, I was like, man, I need, I need a job. You know, I need to take anything. Um, right. Mr. Gray pulled me to the side, thankfully, and said, look, man, don't take that. You know, don't even worry about him. Um, go down the street. Um, it's a bigger dealership and more so not a luxury brand, Ford and Kia. Um, I'm pretty sure they're hiring there. So mm -hmm. I went down there, um, had a button up and, you know, dress slacks and everything. And I said, um, I'm looking to apply for um, sales position. And um, the manager at the time, Andrew Schultz, guy rest his soul, he passed away in a car accident. And um, 
he asked me, um, you know, hey, have you ever done sales? I said, no. Um, he said, what do you know about cars? I said, Andrew, honestly, all I know about cars is how to put gas in them. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, if you give me the opportunity, I have a daughter, you know, I want to work very, very hard, you know, and, you know, come from there. So I've been there since I was 20. I started there as a sales rep. Um, they promoted me to finance manager at the age of 23, um, 26. I was a store manager for the whole kid and everything. And um, I'm in the sales repertoire now and everything and I mean it's 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 amazing man it's amazing it you know of course pays the bills and you know <laughs> yeah, keeps, me active, keeps me active and um I love working with people man I meet different people every single day right so um, I can't get away from it I'll probably be in it forever so and that that's awesome man because like uh like being into the sales world and and doing what you do um you've been able to use a lot of uh, well you've been able to start to to study a lot of customers right being able to start yeah. being able to say in, in order to be a good salesperson you have to like know the people and so that you're dealing with and so who you're selling to you have to know the market you got to understand those things and uh a lot of people are really who are the, the really good ones right those are the people that probably and just go in and just sell, right? But everybody, yeah. even though the those folks are are really really good, they still have to use some of the data that is around them, right? Like some of the some of the different data from the customer, the behavior, yeah. being able to Absolutely. understand some of those things, you know. So so tell me, like how how do you usually use data to determine like customer behavior? You know, like how how do you how do you use that in your market? Do you, like, how do you watch to see if customers tend to buy certain things at times of the year and all that stuff? Okay. Um, well, for, for one, um, you know, it's a good thing you said, you know, I study, um, you definitely study customers and you study habits, behavior. Um, we don't prejudge. And that's mm -hmm. a good thing you pointed out. Never prejudged. You never know who is can buy a car you never know what's in someone's pocket you know so we study um customers we study the market we study the time of year um due to like winter time um hey do we need all-wheel drive vehicles do we need um is that really important did we have a really bad winter are we gonna have really bad weather we had a decent winter this winter i mean we didn't have pretty much any type of snow or feet or anything like that so it was pretty easy to say hey we don't need to order too many all-wheel drive vehicles um, right. because you're not going to have to dig yourself out of the snow or get out of the snow. All mm -hmm. vehicles have, a lot of vehicles have electronic traction control, which is standard on vehicles. So we'll go ahead and, you know, have a great, um, great order and a great um, amount of, let's say, for example, if the vehicle is not a certain amount, the mm -hmm. customer will look at it that all wheel drive and front wheel drive is about a two grand difference. Mm -hmm. I say, for example, you're looking at a vehicle a SUV and it's 30,000. If it's front wheel drive, most likely it's 27, 28,000. Mm -hmm. So it looks better to the customer. I don't right. really need an all wheel drive. I already have an SUV. SUV already sits up high, so I don't really need that. Yeah. Um, you, we have vehicles that are um, sport vehicles, um, tires, um, so how do you, you know? Order, how do you know when 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 it's time to 
to uh, is, is it is it the fact that it's wintertime coming? Do you all look at some type of data set? Do y'all look online to say, well, hey, you know, based off of statistics, it shows this, or have you used data over years or something like that? You know, like how do you make that judgment call and, and feel like you're comfortable with making that call? Because a lot of times we make a lot of decisions, but we don't know if it's if it's the right decision only based off of like data we've seen, like, okay, you know, around winter time, you know, that that's just something that's common or is that something y'all actually see based off of like the sales that y'all had during the winter? Um, it's something that we see that's common. Customers feel more safe with mm -hmm. an all-wheel vehicle. Um, mm -hmm. Automatically say, yeah, it must be all-wheel drive. Um, a lot of times what, what I use and I tend to use is, was their last car all-wheel drive? Mm. So you mean, okay, so that's so that's good. So you're basing it off of historical data from the uh, the actual person itself, right? Yeah. When they come Absolutely. in, you say you ask one of the questions you might ask is, well, what what car you had before, right? Yeah. So is that one? Exactly. Okay. 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 Some people you don't even need to bring up all-wheel drive. Because if you bring it up, they feel like they automatically have to have it. Like, oh, all we're talking about, yeah, I need to have that. <laughs> That's true, because I think I need that. They don't have the last vehicle. Like, for example, I mean, you, your last, you know, I remember when you had a Mustang. It was uh -huh. rear-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made it through a lot. But now, you have four-wheel drive now? Yeah, 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 four-wheel drive, yeah. You just have four-wheel drive, but you made it. You'll probably be fine with front-wheel drive, but you, you have it just because you – felt like you need that. I got to SUV. I got to have four-wheel drive. And it's safe in a lot of situations. However, it's like, you do, it's it's a mind thing, you know? So what did you have on your last vehicle? Hey, let me, let me, let me go ahead and um, get the same thing I had on my last vehicle. Bam. I don't even want to bring up all-wheel drive because what if I don't have any all-wheel drive vehicles? Now right. I got to go, man, now it delays the sale. I got to go wait. I got to wait a day. I got to look for the vehicle at another dealership and mm -hmm. stuff like that. If they so, have front-wheel drive, yeah, uh -huh. I, I won't, you know, I, I won't even bring up all-wheel drive because it's, I mean, it just it just messes up with the customer's mindset of what they really need, what they need, right. for what they want. Right, right, right. Okay, so some some of the stuff you can't really use um, data that you find online. Some of the stuff you can't really use, like data that you, that you find out there in and like like online or, or or based off of some results, I got some spreadsheets or something like that. Some stuff you actually have to get a feel for the customer instead. Then is that what you're saying? Because because Absolutely. it seems like uh, it with the mindset. If you could think average, right? If you think on average, you know, uh, certain customers may want this luxurious car or something like yeah. that. You know, based off of uh, uh, maybe maybe just talking to them and stuff. But then in general, like when you're trying to sell, like um, when you're trying to sell like a luxury car or something like that, is it, do you guys look at, do you all look at um, how many luxury cars are selling um, on your lot? Or do you all look at uh, how many uh, four wheel drive cars are selling? And then you, how, how do you make that judgment call on what to sell just during that daytime, just during that day, right? Not just off of a season, but during the day, you know, okay, um, I, I, these are the best cars that's going to sell. Um, so what we do is, um, it, being at Kia and Ford, 
those aren't really luxury vehicles. So that can be a tough topic with a customer, like trying to overcome the sign Kia. Mm-hmm. So let's like, say I have a customer that they're like, oh, this has all the features and stuff like that and everything like that. And our price is a lot less because mm-hmm. it's Kia. It's it's Ford. So now they're looking at, well, you know, they, they look at payment wise. After they look at payment wise, they're like, well, if it's going to be that much, I might as well get a BMW, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what, what I have to overcome a lot. Like, you know, but it's a Kia. So now we try to focus and went on like the cost side versus that. So what we'll do is we'll look up other makes and models. Mm. Say, hey, when we look up other makes and models, like we got to look over and step on the Toyota. The customers want to leave and they say, yeah, you know, I just started my, my search, but I want to go to Toyota. And I was planning on taking a look at the Toyota. And I still want to go and take a look at the uh, the Mazda or something like that and now we're like well man we were the first stop now most likely if a customer the last stop a customer goes to they're mm-hmm. buying it. most mm. of the time so that's like that's, that's like what they want to get okay yeah because they've already seen everything now that they're the last stop they're like hmm honey now let's compare let's man. compare price we got price from here 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 but they're there and you're more likely to get a sale when the customer is there Okay. But if their excuses, I gotta look at other vehicles. I'm spending a lot of money. It's like, it's it's very difficult. It's uh, very difficult. That. That's so. good to know. Yeah, that's good to know, man. So what about like marketing, right? Like, uh, I know you've been in the finance industry. You've been doing marketing because you're in the sales side too. So you you're you're out there trying to market, right? Like calling people when you got to make calls, right? Like you don't want to just call just random Joe Smo or something like that, right? You got to look mm-hmm. at the data, right? You got to see like who is the right person to call, right? Does age matter? Or does does uh does does whether they're in a couple, they're a couple or not matter? You know those type yeah. of things. You know, have, do they have a house? You know, what's their date? Like like what? Tell me about that. You know, what kind of for stuff sure, is sure. their data? That's a great question, man. Um, uh, first first thing I do, um, uh, when I call a lot, a lot of customers is um, you know, I greet, I introduce myself. And um, I asked them, you know, a, a lot of times if they put in an inquiry, mm-hmm. they're looking for an SUV. Okay. Say, okay, um, do you have a large family? Mm-hmm. Because if they have a large family, let's say they have about four kids, maybe five kids, maybe three kids, they might not need a third row mm-hmm. vehicle. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at, they're asking for pricing on this SUV but they only have one kid and that kid is 25 and they don't plan on having any more kids. Right. But Hey, Oh yeah. I don't, I don't have a lot of kids, but my son, he has about three kids. Okay. So they got grandkids. Right. Right. Well now I have to put that third row into perspective. Now uh-huh. if their son doesn't have any kids. This and that, you know, I'm talking to them about that. I'm talking about my daughter. This in a casual conversation. Okay. Sir, do you really need the third row? Just asking. If you do, it's fine. Right. But, you know, oh, yeah, I do need the third row because, you know what, I do a lot of golfing and I like to fold that third row down and put stuff. Okay, bam. Mm. I, I have to know their daily activities, what, uh-huh. what they do for a living. Um, they might have kids that are involved in sports. Okay, 
bam, their kid, they might only have two kids, but they might be a team mom. Mm-hmm. They might be a soccer mom. So yeah. in this van, I need that Sedona, that van, because mm-hmm. of the fact that they're going to be carrying all their friends with them right. on a daily. That's what they do on the weekends. So, okay, I can't do that. But if I can save someone some money mm-hmm. and, hey, look, I know you're looking for a vehicle around 20000 Why don't you take a look at this small SUV? It only has two rows, but mm-hmm. you can get it in a V6. You can get it in a turbo. And you can still have all these features, but it's actually going to be less if you get this one. Right. Why don't you take a look at this? So judging by their lifestyle and everything, bam, I, they'll be in a vehicle that's less and more affordable. So it seems like like you're you're able to, you already have an idea of what they may want based off of the data that you've seen through the inquiry that comes in, right? So it's a form that probably lists about what like your your name your 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 how many kids you got you know your age and things like that right and it's funny you said sorry to interrupt you i remember you said uh calling uh joe smo down the street you're right you don't want to just call anyone because we have a data amount uh we have a list um of people that are in the market or not in the market or people that are actually coming to an end on their warranty so Mm. let's say for example um we have a system called auto alert, right? Auto alert is a great system to use because um, it lets you know when a customer has an appointment to come in for service. Right. Right. It also lets you know what they're in coming in service for or oil change. They're having trouble with their engine. Mm. They're having, uh, they're hearing a sound Uh and this, this problem is not going to be covered under their warranty. Mm. So paying for this, it's going to cost $5,000 to get this fixed. Why not put that $5,000 toward a new vehicle and you're going to have a brand new warranty? Mm. So, so y'all gonna, get that alert? We have an alert, yes. We have an like alert. Y'all get it, even though they're going into the service part, yeah. you already On know. The side, we know what they're coming down for. We, right. know the time, we know the time they're coming in. Mm-hmm. We know what the problem is. We know what kind of vehicle they have. We know whether it's all-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive. We know how many payments they have left. We know if they owe money and how much money they owe on the vehicle. Right. So so looking at all that, if you get that alert, that helps you make a decision and whether you want to invest enough time in this person or not, you know, so what do you do? You just, uh, do you, this is off top. What do you do? Just meet them, meet them there and be like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Like, who are you? I don't know. How you doing? No, no, we don't do it. It's, you know what? Um, what we'll do is um, we'll go downstairs. We, we'll know when they're set up. We get an alert when they check in, and mm-hmm. they're sitting down in the waiting room. And we'll go down and just greet ourselves. Hey, how you doing today? This and that. How, you know how's everything? And a lot of times, the sales rep that sold them their last car is there. Yeah. So it's a proper greeting. Like, hey, how you been? Oh, you know. That- it looks like, you know, you're just coming down there. You run it. It's a bathroom down there. You can just act like you're walking <laughs> to the bathroom or something. Right. Like, oh, man, how you been? Oh, yeah, man. You know what? I have, I'm having an issue with my car, man. Oh, you do? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the issue? Bam. Man, you know, they have a vehicle. You're you're looking for a Sorrento again, possibly? Yeah. Oh, no, you're not? Well, oh, man. Yeah, they're saying it's going to cost me about 5000 Well, guess what? The Sorrento has a $5,000 rebate. You might want to get out of that. Right. And right now, because of all this stuff going on, COVID-19 and everything like that, they're doing no payments for 
let's see, four months. Uh, so now you're looking at people who are out of the market because, man, like, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I'm not working right now. I don't know when we're going to be back to work. Guess what? You have four months of no payments. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're reaching out to those people. Some people have one payment left on their lease and they're downstairs in the service getting their last oil change. Right. Don't even pay for that oil change. Don't even make that last payment. We'll make it for you. Mm -hmm. Let's get you into another vehicle while you're here and you don't even have to save some money. But well, because you're able to kind of, you're, you're able to get that data again. I mean, that, this is very important because in your field, you know, a lot of people probably don't think that data is used, right? And what I'm yeah. seeing is that data is used probably all the time, whether you're making that initially. When you get there in the morning, you got to make your calls, right? You know, you got to know who you're going to call. You know, you, you might collect some data about them before then. You might say, well, I know why I'm calling this person too. You know, you might yeah. know that you got to put in a little bit more work on this one individual than the other one, you know, exactly. things like that. And so that's pretty keep cool. Mind, we, never, we never call a customer for no reason. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, cool. yeah, we call we never call a customer for no reason. Anytime we call a customer, it's because either you put in an inquiry, uh -huh. okay, <laughs> you put in an inquiry. We didn't just say, man, let me just call them, or it's because they are coming up on their last payment, mm -hmm. you know. And guess what? If you're leasing a vehicle and you don't have any more payments, and next month you're coming out of your lease, you have to do something. Yeah, you have to do something on the you lease. You gotta make you're a decision. You have to make either you're going to buy out your lease or you're going to end up letting your lease go and turn it in and say, hey, thank you. I'm going to another make and model, but you got to turn it in here so I get to see you anyways. Right. And I have an opportunity then. Or you can go ahead and lease another vehicle. Mm -hmm. You have three options when you come into a lease. So, of course, I'm going to call you because you have all this stuff and I can make the process a lot easier for you because I have all your information as far as your vehicle, your last vehicle. How was that? Oh, you like that? You like that feature. Right. Oh, on your last lease, you didn't have rear view camera. Now all the cars come standard with rear view camera. Nice. Let's take a look at this. Yeah, so That's crazy because that, that helps you have better sales tactics for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And it helps you be able to close the deal. It's like you already have all the data there for you to be able to make, to help, to help the customer and to help you make that sell, you know, and that's important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, so, so uh, just, so if you, so I know that we talked a lot about data, how you're using it, whether it's making calls, uh, dealing with different customer behaviors, right. And things like that. Um, are there any things within data or data analytics that you think that can improve in the car sales industry to help you make more money, to help the company make more money? You know, things like maybe uh, predicting something or, or, or things like that, you know, helping them predict something ahead of time for you mm -hmm. so you can help make better decisions or whatever. Or even I know we talked about uh, before this call, we talked a little bit about uh, services, right? Uh, the service department being able to expedite those things um, and being able to give alerts maybe to the customer from beginning to end uh, on where the car is throughout the service process. Uh, and that being something, I mean, any, any ideas that you have on that? Um, I have a lot of ideas, man. Um, <laughs> how, however, you know, a lot of things do cost, you know, um, one thing I always say is something to, uh, 
get involved in the community. I feel like um, little things like advertising or putting money toward um, little things like Boys and Girls Club, um, your former Boys and Girls Club, Lanham, Lanham Boys and Girls Club, you know, certain things like that, sit, having, um, put, putting money into, into them and advertising with them um, is somewhere close by. It's like, hey, they're right down the street, Lanham Boys and Girls Club home of dog cars, Lanham Kia, you know, different things like that. If you advertise around the neighborhood, I mean, everybody has to have a kid, has to have, that has a kid there, has to bring their kids there. They're driving something. Right. <laughs> All of them are driving something. So, so maybe little, using like, like, maybe using data analytics or tools to be able to reach out to those programs and see, you know, yeah, maybe being able to, take some sensors or something like that and putting it on like uh, those areas where the boys and girls clubs are being able to collect that data over time to be able to say, well, Hey, you know, I, I know that you got this specific car and it's this year make model. And maybe you, you know, then you're able to give them a call or something like that. Maybe there needs to be some type of global system of sort of like a catalog, like a, like a, like yeah, a car catalog sure. out there. So people can, uh, I mean, it might bring more co competition, but, Maybe there needs to be something like that, you know, out there, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I analyze a lot of different um, things that, you know, we, we can attend to and everything like, but like I say, everything costs. And we do a lot of advertising, like radio advertisement in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. We do a lot of advertising on there, like on the way to work. A lot of people hear it, you know, uh, stop by Dark Cars Ford, um, stop mm -hmm. by that. Them Kia and stuff like that when they're listening to the traffic alert in the morning and everything we do come on at 93.9 radio station mm -hmm. so when people are on the way to work and you never know people have a tough time getting more like man I'm tired of taking an Uber to work you know but they're hearing this on the radio you know so that should probably be some type of data stuff to be able to help you all market to the right people right avenues for sure man you know yeah um what what's your uh I, I know you talk, you talk a lot about the marketing now, so that's, that's good. You know, and that's a perfect segue to talk. I know we talked about website clicking, right? And we're talking yeah. about like, like, you know, our companies out there using, you know, or talk to me about how you all use the different websites uh, clicking. Like mm -hmm. if a customer, if I'm a customer and I go in to a website, I'm looking for a car and I click yeah. on this specific car, right? Uh, what does that tell you all? Does that tell you well, information? The point, uh, we, we keep track of how many people specifically click on a specific car. Mm. Like if someone clicks on this car, like another person clicks on it and this person clicks on, we have 500 clicks on this one car versus on other cars we have 27 clicks or four. Like for example, we have this hot car now, uh, the Kia Telluride. Mm -hmm. And they're very, it's a very limited amount of them, very limited amount of them. We'll have one at a time in stock, literally one versus our other vehicles will have 26 of them in stock. So mm. people are for specific colors, specific this, specific that. So if we know that a lot of people are clicking on this vehicle, hey, bam, bam, maybe we need to put a little bit of better price on this one mm -hmm. to customer in on it, to get a phone call on it. Yeah. We'll get a lot of phone calls. The more phone calls we're getting on that, we'll go ahead and make adjustments and everything on, on, on that specific one. Um, mm -hmm. we'll look at how many um, 
vehicles that the other dealerships, our competition is selling. And once we look at their prices, if we notice someone's like $500 below ours or $1,000 below ours, we'll go ahead and nudge ours like right there where theirs is. Uh-huh. Right, right. Because right. let's say, for example, we have what different websites that advertise our cars too. Even though we have our own website, you've got car gurus or uh, cars.com, different things like that, truecar.com. Right, so right. if you go on those websites, those are the websites you're like, man, I need to go on car gurus to find out the lowest price. Mm-hmm. I'm going to click from lowest. I'm going to categorize from lowest to highest. Mm-hmm. All right. So the, first, the lowest ones they're going to see. We want to be at that lowest mark so we can get a call from customer at least. Because that's what, if you're at the highest price, that's why they categorize it from lowest to highest. Right, right. We're not, we don't want to be at the bottom of the list. We want to be at the top lowest. So we adjust our prices to our competition. Right, right, man. That, man, that, that's another thing. I mean, if y'all listening out there, um, audience, that data helps you be more competitive. That, I mean, that's, 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 that's basically what I got from that. And, and a lot of people don't understand how that really helps them out, but that's, that's one way that you can do it, you know? And um, so, so are there, are there certain tactics that you may use on existing customers versus new customers? I mean, is that, and, and I mean, and not just talk about the tactics, but really like from a data perspective, you know, like, like if I'm a, if, if you have existing customers out there, then I think you t- you mentioned certain things that you may have to do um, mm-hmm. because you've you've learned you already know the history of them right and, yeah. and so the like the history of existing customers like for instance you know that from an age standpoint and we talk about age let's get specific and talk about age so from an age standpoint you know that man most people in this age range may want this type of car mm-hmm. so does that help you? with the next customer that you see in that same age range? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and the age range is a huge thing. Um, we get a statistic of, let's say for example, anyone that's 18 through 22, mm-hmm. we noticed that their payments, they wanted to be anywhere from 200 to $400 a month. Right uh-huh. there. Okay. So, when we are speaking to those people, we know what price range we're going to show the cars to. We're not going to show someone a car that's $50,000 that's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. We're going to show them a vehicle that's, let's say, from $11,000. But like I said, we never prejudge. We never know what's in anyone's pockets. But if you're telling me that you want to be at a $300 payment, okay, right. but you want to look at a $50,000 car. I'm going to try to find out how are we going to get there. Maybe mm-hmm. their mom or dad has a down payment, that a peckable down payment that I don't know about. So right. I'm not going to prejudge and say, no, we can't look at that. I'm going to ask them more questions and everything, figure out how we're going to get there. Do you need a car that's $50,000? All the features and everything that's in it, are you looking for all that? They might say, no, all I really need is ripping. I'm not looking for leather. I'm not looking for, okay, right. so you know, why are we looking at this specific one? So a lot of vehicles, a lot of time, I mean, it's just math, straight up math. I mean, if you want to be $200 a month to $400 a month, you can't look at a car that's over like 20,000, really. 20,000, 25,000 maybe. Yeah, you know? that so, is interesting though, like how, 
you get somebody in that certain age range, then you know you probably you 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 know that they want fast cars probably, or you want they want they want a little bit more of the uh, highlight lifestyle cars, you know, high lifestyle cars. But you're like, okay, well, I got to keep it in this price range. And then with older people, um, based off of the data that you see, uh, what's the price range that you think that they may want on a monthly basis? Um, well, that's a good question too. Okay, because when you get up to the um, people of the ages of let's say like sixty thousand maybe mm -hmm. like $70,000. A lot of people don't want cars that are in that range if they are, let's say, for example, retired. If you're on a fixed income, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot of customers are like, I want a fixed income. I don't, I don't want a, a payment that's above $400. So believe it or not, those people that are in those, those that age range, like 60 and up, they are in the same category as the people that are 18 to 25 years old. Oh, so you really looking for the, the people in the middle. Those the are people the people that you Those are the people that are hands down handling 50 of uh, $500 to I've seen $1000 a month payment. Man, They're like it's, it's not, they want they want to get risky. Know, they want to go live on the edge. Get they risky like, right there before <laughs> they hit. They're having a midlife crisis. That's what that right, right, right. Is. <laughs> you know, 30, 40, like I'll take that payment before I get, you know. But I'm gonna lease it because I want to get out of it in a couple years. Right, right, right. So they're gonna do the lease. <laughs> you okay. know, I'll take that. I can handle that payment. But man, when when they get you know sixty. And up, you know, I mean, you never know. They might have a great, you know, retirement plan and stuff like that. Some, someone, every once in a while, a lot of people, fixed income, they're like, nah, I don't want my payments to be this. And they might have a way to get there. They might have a huge down payment. Those are the people, let's say, for example, the younger people from 18 to 25, they want to be there at that payment, but they don't have the down payment to get right. them there. Okay, okay. So you can so get someone at like 60. Yeah, you can get someone 55 and up, 60, 60 and up to get in a car that's like 50000 but they're going to put down like $30,000. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put down $30,000, but I want this. They already have this. This is my retirement car. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go over this, so let me know how much money I need to do to put down. But their payment is not going to be like no $500, $600. I, you just don't see it. Right. You know, they put themselves in a better position to, you know. But, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the ticket as far as age-wise. Right, man, that's that's good information, man. You know, it's it's, it's just like, looking at the data is so important. You know, I don't, I can't stress it enough. And uh, I know something else you talked about, and I probably want to highlight this more um, right now because we're gonna close up soon. But but like nudge the nudge theory, right? So the nudge theory is something that people use. Right, this is big in data science a lot. But basically, what it is is that it's tactics that people uh -huh. use um, to uh, manipulate the mind a little bit, right? Basically, uh -huh. just put as simple as that. And yeah. and you know, I'll give an example, right? In restaurants, and I, I only know this because I own a restaurant in Ghana, but in the, with the restaurant, you know, you want to put maybe your best alcohol types, right? Or, or the ones that you want to sell the most at a certain level, like I view, within the bar. So as a bar a person go up to get some drinks at the bar, then they're going to, they're going to see that alcohol more often, or you might want to put the hookah at certain, at a certain point 
where where most customers a lot of traffic gets through and you want to you want the hookah to be in a certain uh um uh part of their vision so that they say dad you know what i might i might want the hookah or they or you want them to pass certain things so that they know they know that they want to uh um uh, purchase certain things so like just nudging them a little bit that's basically what a nudge theory is and i know you have some ideas as to uh what you all do or you have some insight to what you all do to kind of do some of the nudging right that's important and one of the things you talk about getting traffic right like like a lot of people like to see traffic inside right so talk a little bit about that and the balloons and certain things y'all do you know from a nudge standpoint to kind of say to kind of get the customer to say hey you know what i want that I want to come in there. I want to get there. I want to go in that car. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we love, we love balloons. <laughs> balloons <laughs> makes it look like, man, it's something, it's, it's a lot of discounts going on. It's something going on in there. I want to see what's going on. It's right. just a, it's just a mindset. If you, if you see balloons or you see uh, flags or you see confetti, you, it's automatically like what's going on, you yeah. know? Just like you see the um, what what is it? A guy outside the wobbly guy. <laughs> you want to get some of that attention right there, you know. So you gotta have stuff like that. Um, we have a banner. We run like Capital One sales. We'll mm-hmm. put a as a Capital One flag, Capital One pre approval. You put that right there in the front. Sorry, um, the front of our dealership. You'll put the flag in the front of our dealership, and you and a lot of people drive by and like Capital One. I have Capital One. How yeah. many people have Capital One? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I look. You look. You know, like, Capital One people over here. See, you know, I ain't think I could get approved, but you know, they got Capital One. I got Capital One. Right. Right. You know, little stuff like that. Yeah. They don't even like Kia. They might not even like it. They might not even like Ford, but they see Capital One is mm. bam. And then guess what? We got a used car inventory. So like, oh, that is not, they only, they don't even have only that. They got Mercedes and stuff out here. But mm-hmm. I saw Capital One, that made me turn in here because I have Capital One, you know. Um, different things like we'll have like a 2019 vehicle. We don't like to keep vehicles in our lot for a long time, you know, because it starts to get expensive for us to get, get rid of it. We'll put hang tags inside of the car, like up to seven thousand dollars off up to ten thousand dollars off mm-hmm. right there in the hang tag you got that car right there in the front sometimes we'll even park cars in the front and parking spaces to make it seem like we have activity going on they don't mm-hmm. got to be a tag on person in dealership <laughs> but if you drive by you're like man something going on but if you drive by it looks like we close if you don't have anything out front you know so it grabs their attention we have a huge uh ford and kids sign it goes up top and you know you got to come down that hill sometimes on 450 mm-hmm. so people see that coming down you know we, we want that sign sitting up high and we want some of our best toys sitting out front because it's like you don't want something regular regular sitting Man. out front and right. they're like oh and they're driving they're like oh i got that you know i'm gonna keep going and i'm like what is that you want somebody like, what is that hold on i ain't seen that Probably that must be yeah, yeah. I'm, I, that must be a 2021. It's 2021's out already. I got 2019. Oh, man. Yeah, right. different things like that. I mean, pe- people just like seeing things that they didn't know anything about. Right. You know, certain features that they didn't know anything about. I mean, can you believe people didn't even think Kia had a leather? Like, 
You know what I'm saying? But if you put one out there, man, this thing fully look, man, all this only for this price, man, I might as well get this instead of something, you know. It's just that 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 look. We want something with chrome rims sitting out front and all that stuff. And we, it's a, it's a nudge. There's a nudge there. You want to get that person to come in. You want to get that person to pull over. Um, I used to do something like, um, I would go to, they, they used to let me go to different places and sit out front mm-hmm. with a car for like, just say like 20 minutes. It could uh-huh. be, mm-hmm. yeah, it could be like, um, let's say for example, a mall. Mm-hmm. You sit out front of a mall. You, you you walk through the mall and you sit. You'll see like a car in there. You're like, oh, what's that? You know, right. C- certain places you'll sit outside. Certain events you can go to. Um, we were at the uh, at the let's see in D.C. It was just a parade, um, the gay parade in in, in D.C. Uh-huh. We were out there and we had vehicles out there. So while everyone's you know partying and everything, looking like, hold on, what's that? <laughs> you know, and you gotta think people were drinking in there in a good mood. What's that, man? You know, <laughs> it, it just no, looks no, good. Man, man. I might put that in my notes, man. That night, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, oh, gotta, you gotta go. You gotta you gotta branch out and go to different places, different events, especially where people want to be social. You know, because they're more entitled to talk when a lot of stuff, a lot of partying, drinking, and stuff like that. You know. Not saying pull up to the club and you know, but nice events that are going on. Um, you know, people want to know what's that, what's that going on. So you know that that mindset of having um, they they might not even end up getting that, but it's just to pull them into the dealership. You know, yeah. that's what we want to do. Get someone in there. They might pull them in and look at that like, ooh, that price is high. I don't yeah. want that. What else I got though? Right. You know. But that goes so. back to what we talked about. I know we talked about it. I think before this was that. You know, you want to get, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the ratio? What's the statistics say? What do statistics say about, you know, how many sales you're going to get based on how many people? Um, we do, we have a 50, 50, 50 um, mm-hmm. percent. So let's say, for example, I set up 20 appointments, 50 will show and 50 will buy. 50% mm-hmm. will show, 50% will buy. Most of the time, 10 people will show about it at 20. And out of that, ten people, five people will buy. It's ah, just statistics. That's data. I mean, that it's it's the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Um, and then you have those people that drive by and see, hey, what's going on? Those people from service are pissed. Like, look, my car, man. They're telling me it's gonna cost about ten thousand dollars to get it fixed. I can't do it. You got those people that come in and walk in based off a of total loss. Mm-hmm. You know, we are signed up with um, Geico, and we're signed up with um progressive and if someone has a total loss they contact us send their information mm-hmm. so someone had a total loss they need a new car <laughs> so oh man so yeah that's, that's, but yeah man are you about to charge a battery about to die man <laughs> yeah, i'm trying yeah i'm trying to pull that over and everything like that let me see hold on yeah we're still good yeah i no, nah, I mean we we definitely. I, I really appreciate y'all tuning in, and uh, again, you know, I want to thank my brother Marcus Roundtree for for definitely um, um, tuning in to this this episode of Data Is My Science, uh, this podcast. Um, I'll leave it as usual with with some dope data that I ended off with, and I just want to say 
just plain simple, everyone and every company uses data to make decisions and investments. You know, here, right here, we just heard that even when you're dealing with like selling cars, you're dealing with as a car salesman, you're, you're, you're in the finance department. Uh, you know, he's been at all the different levels Marcus has, and, and he's still using data at each one of those levels, whether it's marketing, uh, whether it's <clears throat> helping him make better decisions as to who to uh, sell to. And then also when he brings a customer in, to help them make better decisions as to what car they actually want to buy, you know? So um, again, and everyone and every company uses data to make better decisions and better advancements. So uh, I just want to say thank you again for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. And this is your host, Dapper Data. Please follow me on Mr. Dapper Data on IG or Twitter or Facebook. So that's at Mr. Dapper Data on IG, Twitter or Facebook. And Marcus, thank you for joining. And where can people reach you at, man? On 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 Instagram, on Facebook, and 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 tell them uh, about your car, your, where where the location is too. Um, our location is uh, 9020 Lanham Severn Road in Lanham, Maryland. Um, 20706 is the zip code. Right across from the Ray Lobster's and McDonald's on 450. Um, you can't miss it. Um, but you can reach me um, on my phone number <laughs> at the dealership. It's 301 No, the dealership phone number. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Okay. Everybody. <laughs> the number 301-459-1100. I wasn't going <laughs> to. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, the um my instagram is uh at round com that's r o u n c o m and then uh facebook you have roundtree r o u n t r e e no d in roundtree that's r o u n t r e e comedy that's c o m e d e e that's c o m e d e e all right, but the phone number is three zero one four five nine eleven hundred. That was funny. I was, <laughs> and, and the reason why is comedy at the end too, man. Y'all gotta check him out, man. This dude is is hilarious, man. You know he has a he's he's also a comedian as well. So definitely check him out, man. But uh, thanks a lot, man, for joining again. I appreciate it, man. Stay tuned for the next episode, y'all. The data data is my science podcast, man. All right, man. Talk to you later. Love you. Talk to you. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data.